0: Real people, real opinions, real talk radio, the multi award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic hits.
0: <clears throat> Pardon me. We got such a great reaction to our clinical sexologist on Tuesday night that we thought we would end the week with another sexy interview. And uh, we thought, you know. It would be a good idea to get somebody else on to talk about a different aspect of it. I mean, you're all getting less and less shy and the more spicy guests we have on the air, the more you all seem to come out of your shell. Uh, Tonight, we decided we would go across the water to New York. Uh, The Americans are always a bit ahead of us when it comes to this kind of stuff. Certainly, you know, they don't have those same Catholic handcuffs that I talked about the other night that were held back talking about sex. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Lee Phillips, an award-winning psychotherapist and sex therapist with over 15 years of experience. Uh, Dr. Lee has full, a full-time private practice in New York City and Virginia and has been featured in publications such as Cosmopolitan, Women's Health, Men's Health, Oprah Daily. And if you're on Oprah, that's it. You're on a winner, aren't you? So if you want to send your questions in, you can. The number is 087-188-0008. 87 188 You can send your questions in and we shall put them to Dr. Lee Phillips. Um Okay, we, need, we just need to put them on the air there. Oh, that's great. Thanks very much indeed. Sorry. Um, how are you doing, Lee? I do apologize. Lee, how are you? Oh, that's fine. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I tell you what, our audience are really coming out of their shell late at night here, to be honest with you. Um, we, we're, kind of, we're doing this quite a lot now, and they're starting to open up, you know, because I think people are so shy about talking about sex and sexuality.
2: They are, they are, for some reason. Sometimes it's still not talked about when it should be talked about.
0: Absolutely. So how did you get into this, by the way, in the first place? How did you, you know, since when did you decide this is the career for me?
2: Well, I have to, well, I have to be honest. I mean, I like sex. I think it's interesting. Who doesn't? I think there's nothing, there's, exactly. There's nothing boring about it. It's very fun. Um, And I find that it's, something to go into because it's not talked about enough, and I got my start as a psychotherapist working in mental health, but then I wanted to do something different, and so then I started to pursue um, a certification in sex therapy, and that's what really led me into this.
0: Okay, and I suppose, are you dealing with couples or individuals, or is it a bit of everything?
2: Yeah, it's a bit of everything. I work with individuals. I work with couples. I work with people that practice um, different alternative lifestyles with relationships. So I see people who are not monogamous, who may be dating more than one person. And I also see people who are involved in kink in the kink community, like BDSM and all kinds of people. So I'm pretty diverse in my work when I see people.
0: Okay, so let' well let, let's go to the extreme first, and we'll work our way back. And I'm, 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 people are sending in questions already, <laughs> and I'll I'll get to those questions in a few minutes. But BDSM, I suppose, to a lot of people in Ireland, is a kind of very <laughs> new concept until Fifty Shades of Grey came along. Um, then it became kind of very <laughs> open and popular. It's it's a kind of risky area because I suppose you gotta be careful. It has to be consensual, obviously, and people maybe are a little bit afraid you know, to say it to their partner. So if if you think that you might like the kink or the fetish of BDSM and you want to be, you know, I don't know, you want to be the the dominatrix or you want to be dominated. How do you approach that with a partner without them thinking you're a weirdo?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's something that is very vulnerable and it's very intimate. And I think people, um, you know, they identify their kink earlier on or they just start getting interested in something. And so One of the things that I always recommend is just to be your authentic self and be honest and do some education with your partner. Like here in the U.S., I know that there are dungeons that people can go to and they can do like a kink 101 class where they go and they get educated on it. Kink is all about consent, like you were saying. It's all about education and learning. There's really like an there's an art to sex. When you think about it, sex is not natural. It's learned. And really, so is kink if someone wants to be a submissive or if someone wants to be a dominant. So I think there's a way of going about it. Like we do everything in life. We know we go to school to study something. Well, people can go to a kink class and learn how to be tied up if they want to. So it's all about it's not always about sex.
0: And you know what I find really strange, Lee? I find it strange that when we see a world that is, uh, I suppose, to some degree, misogynistic, but also patriarchal, Mm -hmm. and and still to some degree patriarchal, and yet when we look at kink and sex and bondage and all that, men tend more to be the submissives than the dominant.
2: Why? They um, love it. Why is
0: that? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? What's that about?
2: Well, because, well... (laughs) Well, I think it's because a lot of men in the work world, they work as a CEO, they work as a boss, you know, they're calling out orders all day long. You know, we think of a man, we think of masculinity, right? Yeah. But kink is all about fantasy. It's all about letting loose and just being free. And so that's why they may be a CEO during the day. And then at night, they want to be tied up and spanked in the bedroom. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It's like this taboo. It's forbidden. You're not supposed to do it. So when you're not supposed to do it, people want to do it more. And I think that's why we see more women who are doms, because we live in that patriarchal society where I have no say so. But in a kink scene, I do have a say so. Okay. And so that's the art of it and really the beauty of it.
0: Okay, so I've loads of questions coming in here. Okay, so somebody says, uh, I have so much shame around having sex in bright lights. My partner is getting really frustrated. What can I do to force myself to get over it? Because I suppose when it comes to sex, men in particular are more visual than women. Men like to see what's going on because we get turned on by the the physicality of it and, and... you know, visibly seeing yourself <laughs> right. entering a woman, or whatever it happens to be. So we get off, we get off on that. Right. Whereas the women are more into the touching, the feeling, the sensitivity, uh, and the dark, and the darker, light, darker lights. So uh, how do you, how do you convince your your wife or your partner to keep the lights on?
2: Well, I mean, I think you've got to get curious about each other. I think I don't think people talk about sex; they just assume what their partner likes, and they're going to do what they want to do. But I think you've got to talk about it. So if you have a turn-on to keep the light on, then talk about it. If you have a turn-off, why is it a turn-off? Because if you come together and you talk about it, it may open up new avenues. Mm. You may not mind having the light on. You may want to have the light off. I don't think couples talk a lot about what really turns them on with each other. It's like we go into it thinking, okay, well, you're really going to like this when I do this. And then your partner may do it. And it turns out you don't really like it at all. Um, And just to add, men and women are very different when it comes to sex. I mean, to put the binary in there, they just are. I mean, women are like what you were saying. They're about the nurturing of it and the sensations of it. Men like that too, but they like to see what's happening, yeah. and they have different things that turn them on, so you gotta talk about it, right?
0: Yeah, I wanna see it there. I wanna see what's going on down there. Okay, so somebody says, right, oh, here's, right, a, oh, here's right. a really complicated one, right? My partner is transitioning from male to female. Let me work this one out, okay? From male mm-hmm. to female, I'm a female. <laughs> I'm scared uh, I won't be attracted to her once the hormones kick in. I am pansexual. Does Dr. Lee have, have much experience about what might happen? Okay, so when people are going to, you know, a phase of uh, transsexuality or whatever it happens to be or gender reassignment and they stick together as a couple, which may be rare. I don't know how rare that is. Maybe people split up when those kind of things happen. I don't know. I mean, can they still be attracted to the person after they've changed gender?
2: You know what? Absolutely. And, you know, just to let you know about this, this is actually quite common. We're seeing more people come out as trans, especially younger generations. But I do think that it can be dealt with in a way, because if you think about it, it's still the same person. They are still the same person. Their body is going to be somewhat different. Somewhat, so somewhat really different. Really it can
0: be a lot different sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's a, well, it's,
2: it's going to be a lot. I mean, it's going to be a lot different, right? But I think it's trying to find the things that do turn you on, especially if you still love them. And you want to be with them. It's a way to get creative uh, with sexuality that I find. I work with a lot of partners, people where one partner is transitioning and the other one is not. And they'll come in and say, I didn't sign up for this. And I'm like, well, do we sign up for anything in life? Yeah. When you think about it, do we sign up if we get fired from a job? Yeah, but I mean but I can but I can, imagine, I can imagine I can imagine a guy
0: yeah. who's with a girl and yeah. then all of a sudden she says, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like I'm in the wrong body. I want to be a guy and he says, Well, I didn't sign right, up to be with somebody right. with a penis. So I, I and I can understand <laughs> why he'd feel like that. You know what I mean?
2: No, I can't I can yeah, I can too. I totally can see it too. And you know what? Some relationships don't work out. Some don't. They don't last because We are attracted to who we're attracted to, but I do think it's important if people can come together and see what is possible to see if there's something there because it is the same person, but it is with different parts and they do look very different. Um, It's very, very challenging. And I think sometimes there has to be some grief work that has to happen too. They're grieving their old partner in the way they looked, and now they're in this new normal. Of this new partner, so I think
0: we have to look. So you, at So you've possible. kind of lost, you've lost so a boyfriend and right. gained a girlfriend.
2: You did, you did, <laughs> and you know what? And and sometimes not all the body parts change. Sometimes when men transition to being trans or a trans woman, they may keep their penis. They may not get bottom surgery, okay. and there's ways to get creative with that, right? Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. somebody
0: says I'm two years in uh, I'm a, a relationship obviously I'm two years in otherwise that would be very dangerous. I'm two years in and I'm getting bored. In the past I've ended relationships at this stage but I don't want to end this one. What can I do? Are some people just addicted to the beginning stages of a relationship? Okay so I suppose he's in the lustful oh stage.
2: Gosh. It's the best. It's, it's the best stage. It's the best stage. It's excitement.
0: There's a lot of sex. There's you lust. You
2: literally can't get a, there's a, there's lust you can't get enough of each other people love it what tends to happen is people get too close and that's the intimacy piece that it breaks off the passion right we start to see each other wake up in the morning I can smell you when you wake up in the morning I can hear you in the bathroom that's the last <laughs> thing I want to do is have sex with you yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I heard, I heard mean, you I fart can... the other day <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Right. So take a break. Take a break from each other. Don't get so intimate. And if something is boring, what's the thing that I talked about earlier? Talk about it. Say what's boring. How do you spice it up a little bit? Right. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get creative with sex Mm. and, you know, but I just want to let that caller know that is the most common thing I see between couples is that they get bored. They get too intimate and they get too close. They stop turning each other on. Well, if they kinda run out of stuff to do to
0: each other, is it? They they, they they kinda
2: run out of stuff. (laughs) You Right. You got to get creative. I mean, gosh, bring a blow up
0: doll or a third person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Somebody else says, okay, well, speaking of blow up dolls, well, actually, no, it's not blow up dolls. Uh, my, my husband wants to introduce toys into a relationship. Uh, I'm in my late 40s. I have never once bought a sex tie, and I'm mortified by the very idea of him using it on me. Um, what do you recommend for starters? Okay. So, what I mean, do, do, oh, do you think toys are a good idea? Well,
2: Oh, my gosh, toys are fabulous. They're one of the best things that was ever invented. And I have to tell you, the best thing about them is that back in the day, they were always shaped like a, a big, giant penis, right? Yeah. Now they're not. So if this is a person who is a vulva owner, there are so many great toys out there, um, really, for, for the clitoris, because that's the main spot, right? There's over 8,000 nerve in it. It's fabulous to use. There's a lot of different toys out there um, that a lot of uh, women tend to really like or vulva owners. And one of the the best ones is the, um, the one that I really like is the Womanizer Pro 40. It's fabulous. It's not that expensive. You set it right on the clitoris. It's very easy. It's not loud. It's not intimidating. So I would recommend getting something that is not okay. So that's intimidating. called okay. So it's Love. called the
0: womanizer. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So people can shop around yeah. for that one. The guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And and what is exactly. that? What does a womanizer actually do? What does it vibrate? Does it suck? Does it? What does it do? It's, <laughs>
2: It vibrates and it sucks, it has everything, there's everything you need it to do. Right, okay. And and it's got different speed, different speed levels too.
0: All right, okay, just don't go too high at the the start, (laughs) it'll blow her mind.
2: Just don't go too too, high, you might blow the thing.
0: But here's the thing, if if he starts using, you know, toys on her, you know, and she's well impressed with this, and she's having massive great orgasms, does he become a little bit inadequate then? Do you understand what I'm saying, where she's going to be depending on that all the time?
2: well well right well this is where education comes back in sometimes men can get a little they can feel a little inadequate if their female partner is really enjoying the toy however the thing that men or when people that sleep with women have to understand is that a lot of the stimulation is the clitoris it's not the vagina it doesn't have as much nerve endings in it because the baby has to come out of it right yeah it's all about the clitoris and so that's why a lot of times men or penis owners can penetrate vulva owners or women while they have a toy on the clitoris so all it is is that you're just pleasing her even more okay okay so that's the way to look at
0: it right okay i want to make life special for my boyfriend Stroke husband to be okay. This is obviously getting serious. I want to make it, and I think he's bored with everything else I'm doing. Can you recommend more interesting things for me to do to him to excite him? Hmm.
2: Well, yeah, I think it's important to ask him what he likes. Is there something that turns him on? Is there something that stimulates him? See, this is the problem with sex in our society. People are afraid to talk about it. It's like they tip to him. Yeah,
0: ask him, in so other words.
2: ask him what he enjoys. Ask him. Yeah, just ask him. But maybe he will he be afraid like like to respond.
0: He, he, he might be kind of a bit shy. Right. And, yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, they may be a little shy. And if they are, ease into it. And just kind of, is there something else that you would like? I mean, you could even do a little bit of touching. If it's sexual, touching sometimes in different places and erogenous zones can get people going
0: okay so we, we all know where the erogenous zones are on women we know about g spots and a spots and all sorts of spots uh with men i suppose mm-hmm. similarly there there are many different erogenous zones apart from just the penis
2: right absolutely
0: mm-hmm.
2: i think some of the i think one of the ones that men tend to like is that sometimes the back of your neck is sensitive behind okay. the knees is sensitive. Um, if you, the taint area between the scrotum and the anus is very nice to play with and rub. And if a man is open to it, you know, we have the good old peace spot, which is the prostate. And I know plenty of cisgender heterosexual men that actually really like it stimulated if the person knows what they're doing to stimulate it. Right. Which okay. is a lot of, you know, heterosexual men would say, no, 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 no. But hey, you never know. Mm-hmm.
0: Don't knock it till <laughs> you try it. Uh, okay, I'm in a relationship. I'm sorry. I was rubbing the back of my knees when you were talking there to see to do anything for me. It didn't. Uh, I, I'm in. am in a relationship with a woman. I love her. I'm bi. She's a lesbian. She feel. Uh, she feels like I missed the dick. I don't. Who's sending these in? I tell her I don't, but I actually do, and I also hate vibrators. I love her. Please help. Okay, so she's in a relationship with a lesbian. She's bisexual, and she's telling her partner. Obviously, she doesn't miss guys, but she kind of does, and she doesn't like vibrators. So, what does she do?
2: Oh wow, that's really hard. Mm. That's a tough one because she's really missing something that she loves, and she doesn't like vibrators. But we have to keep in mind, a vibrator is different from a dildo. I mean, you can get a realistic dildo that feels just like a penis now. So, hey, again, talking to your partner about it and being honest about it, even if they get upset, at least you're being honest about what you like sexually, Mm. right? I mean, I think there's a lot of creativity that's out there. So if you're honest with your partner, they're probably going to respect that a lot more than you not sharing something, and then all of a sudden it's all going to come out and then you could get into a, a full-blown power struggle or
0: something okay here's here's another question I don't know if this is one for your expertise or not I think this is more for a psychologist I, well, I want to have sex with my boss is this is this always going to be a disaster Now, I, this is not really I don't think this is a question for a sex expert more for a psychologist but she wants to have sex with her boss I mean I think having relationships or sexual relationships with somebody in the workplace is probably always going to end up disastrous isn't it
2: Well, it can be a disaster, especially if you work in the same area of where they, but I will tell you something. A lot of times, this is one of the most common dreams that people have. But the thing that you have to keep in mind is that they take their own course of action. You may not be able to stop them. And a lot of people don't understand what it really means. But one of the things that we think about is that it may be alerting you of the importance of boundaries but it could also mean that you were seeking approval of something. Maybe you want to be approved to work on a specific task, or hell, oh, maybe you want a promotion. Mm-hmm. I have had patients that have actually dreamed about their bosses all the time and they don't even find them attractive. And they wake up and they go, What the hell did I have that dream for? Well, maybe, maybe that's maybe a submissive is
0: that is that a kind of submissive thing then that they want to have somebody that's sex with somebody that's superior to them?
2: Right. Sure. I mean, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's something with being submissive and they're very interested in that and they need charge for approval or something.
0: Mm. I mean, by the way, what's the weirdest thing somebody has come to you about? I'm always curious about this when I talk to sex sexperts. So, you know, I mean, I know people want to be babies and dress up in diapers and be fed with bottles and all sorts of silly stuff. But what's, what's the kind of, mm-hmm. the, what's the strangest thing that somebody's come along to you and said, this is what I really enjoy doing. Am I weird?
2: What does that mean? Well, I think a lot of times, you know, kink is something that's going to be very different outside of the vanilla room of things. There's something about being cared for right, with a diaper fetish or something, right? It's like, it's like putting it on, having the person clean you, nurture you. You know, there is no proof that someone has had, you know, horrible psychological trauma and they're kinky. But we do have to look at attachment. Maybe they didn't get something met in their childhood. Maybe there's something there. Maybe they have mommy issues. Maybe they have daddy issues. And they want to be cared for. There are people that really crave that nurturing. And so they will go to something um, like a diaper fetish if their needs weren't talked about when they were a kid. I see that quite a bit, actually.
0: I just think that's strange. I don't, maybe that's just me. I just think there's something strange. About it. Oh, okay. I'm looking here. Uh, I'm really scared about opening up in my relationship, but I don't think I can stay with my partner until I die. What are some of the things that I can do to manage my jealousy around opening my relationship? Uh, I, I don't really understand that question. That's
2: a hard. That's also... Well... It's very hard because I think a lot of times people do think about it. What would it look like? You know, we're seeing more people open up their relationships now because they are bored.
0: Well, like for three sims? yeah.
2: Right, right. And so you decide what, you know, if you think about what do you want, when you think about non-monogamy, it's an umbrella and there's certain things that fall under it. You know, when people swing together and they invite another couple in or a third person in, Sometimes they don't look at that as non-monogamy. They look at it like they're doing it together. So I think it depends on what you want. And you have to ask yourself, would your partner be really opposed to trying something like that? You just never know. You can either get shut down or they may go, well, tell me more about what you're feeling.
1: Mm. Because
2: a lot of people are very curious about it. So, again, I think it's being transparent with your partner, depending on how long you've been with them, and really being honest about your sexuality and what you're feeling.
0: Alright, okay, Um, let me see My boyfriend's dad walked in on us having sex I don't know how to deal with it I haven't been back since What can I do or say (laughs) to get past this? (laughs) See, you you, you had no idea what you were signing up for tonight Our listeners are mental cases, really You know, I, I first of all,
2: I just think that is traumatic as all hell. I'm going to be honest with you. That's terrible. I feel so sorry for that person. Mm. I guess you're just going to have to go over there and
0: just if, and just pretend like it, didn't it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Long time no see. <laughs> how could you even look him yeah, in the you eye?
2: Walked, you, you walked in on me. you walked in on me and I was spread Eagle, my rooster was showing. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, here's another one for you. What is a practical habit or routine a couple can do to ensure the health of their sex life? Okay, so I suppose you talk about maintenance sex, I suppose, in some way. So, firstly, well, there's an interesting question. There's numerous suggestions around about twice a week, three times a week, once a week, once a month, two times every month. What is the average amount of times in a healthy sexual relationship?
2: You know, right right well you know what's very interesting is that everyone's always talking about the frequency of sex it's not about the frequency it's about the quality of sex you could have it once a week as long as you're getting what you want out of it you could have it some I know people that have it once a month and they love it they may have sex for like a whole hour or two if they do it once a month so don't think about the frequency think about the quality that you want with it and what you're doing during sex right mm, yeah i mean some people they want it to i've had people come in and they're like oh i want it three times a week and i have people that will look at their partner and be like you're kidding i'm too tired you know i don't <laughs> want to have it that often <laughs> how so about it four times you a may, day <laughs> <you> may, <laughs> my gosh just plan it plan sex everyone thinks it's got to be spontaneous plan a sex night and make sure you're held accountable to each other and you do it
0: Okay, what are the there you big, go. okay? Somebody, somebody, wants to know what are the biggest mistakes uh, you see people making in the relationships that end the relationship that didn't need to. I'm assuming they're talking about sex, uh, so people making are the things people do that just kind of mess it all up.
2: Well, I think one of the biggest things that people do where they may mess things up with a relationship is cheating. If they're in a monogamous relationship and that's what they've agreed to and they're going outside of the relationship and they're sleeping with other people, that's a problem. And that can really, a huge ruin a relationship. Yeah, it's a so it's huge very, problem. It's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a terrible deal. That's a deal, a deal so breaker. Be honest about things. Yeah. And you're, right. Right. If, if you're monogamous, so that's really the number one thing that I really see that can really mess up a relationship. I mean, I mean, I guess if someone has, like, another issue, like if they've got a substance use issue that's out of control that they're not working on, I mean, you know, those types of things. Or, you know, I have some people that come in and they have an out-of-control sexual behavior issue, so they're cheating on their partner. Those things have to be addressed. That's the problematic part. Of mm.
0: sex, I find. Okay, somebody else sex in says on numerous occasions I watch pornographic movies and I see these women who get so excited when men are at their clitoris. I have to be honest, it doesn't work for me at all. And I don't know why my clitoris is not that sensitive. Do you have any suggestions to make it more sensitive?
2: What with porn use?
0: No, um, no, I know. I think they're looking I just mean, is there any is there anything they can get, I suppose? <laughs> to make it more sensitive. With
2: anything with porn?
0: No, forget it. No, the, no, no. I think I think she's just judging it by the porn that she sees. These women in the porn movies getting really excited when somebody touches their clitoris, but that's not happening for her when people touch her. So how can she make her clitoris more sensitive?
2: Ah, well, I mean, I think there's a way to to do that. I mean, I think. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with exploring the body, her body or anything, but if there is no sensitivity really to the clitoris, one thing that I would do honestly is go to your OBGYN, go to the doctor and just see if there's something going on because there could be a medical piece there or there could be something going on with masturbatory behavior, depending on how often the person masturbates. I've okay. known people that have masturbated so much to where they don't have, they don't have specificity in
0: it. Okay, it's just, get, it becomes Without boring. Yeah, first. yeah, Always of course.
2: Always
0: do that first. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, somebody says, I have a question for your sex therapist. I'm circumcised and find that I don't have a lot of simulation when doing the deed. Also, with a condom, I can't feel a thing. Is this normal for circumcised people? I had it done at 18 and I'm now 34. How can I fix this?
2: Well, first of all, that is very common with condom usage that a lot of people don't feel the sensations that they would by not having a condom on. So if you're having, again, not a lot of sensitivity in the head of the penis, which is homologue to the clitoris, right, the same type of thing, then you want to get that checked out um, by the doctor. It also depends on how often you're you're masturbating. Some penis owners get what we call the death grip where they masturbate so much that they lose sensation in the penis. So, those are the things that have to be looked about. And if you're not, and if you're having, if you're enjoying it more with masturbation and not as much with sex, then maybe ease up on the masturbation and really
0: engage in sex more with your partner. Yeah. I suppose if you're masturbating too much, it obviously mm-hmm. becomes boring right. at some time. Right. Point. So, okay. And can and, you? Yeah, it becomes very boring. Eh? Can your expert uh, recommend any supplements to increase my sex drive? Okay. Supplements. I don't, and obviously over the counter you know, to increase sex drive?
2: (laughs) Um, You know, I guess anything that can boost energy. I mean, I would want to know what their energy levels are like. You know, a lot of times people need more like vitamin, you know, vitamin B6 is good for energy. A lot of people report that they're very tired all the time. So you would want to look at just what vitamins work for you. But again, I think this is more of a medical thing. It's going to your doctor
0: Mm. and asking. Get your bloods checked, get your hormones. Yeah, yeah.
2: Get your get every hormone blood checked all of those things get get your hormones checked absolutely I always have my patients go do that
0: okay the most popular question that comes in anytime we have a sex and I have an example of it here on the uh, on the text uh, my husband wants anal sex he keeps saying it to me but more recently has stopped saying it so maybe he's got bored because I haven't agreed is anal sex dangerous <laughs> because a friend of mine told me it can be um and should I allow him to do it?
2: It is not. It, so here's the thing with anal sex. It's not dangerous, but you have to do it correctly. There is a way of doing it because it is a muscle. And if you just jump right into it, it can be painful. So you need to learn. The, the big thing is, is that you've got to. Um, you have to have a conversation about it, right? If you're going to do it, you don't come unprepared. You have to prepare your body. So a lot of people will douche and clean out their rectum or they'll go to the bathroom. The one thing that I recommend if you're going to have anal sex is use something to loosen up the sphincter muscle. Glass butt plugs are amazing. They're slick. They're smooth. You can warm them up and they come in different sizes. You, of course, you don't want to eat right beforehand. You're going to, I would fast most of the day. You're going to go slow and don't forget to communicate. And you want to start in an easy position and you don't want to use a lot of hands if you've got nails the rectum is very sensitive but it can be very pleasurable if you do it right but there's a way to do it and if you go to my website and go to my press page I've been interviewed in a ton of media outlets on anal sex
0: okay and finally uh, can you give the the best tip for all of us Irish people to get rid of our shame I, I don't know if you've ever been here by the way you know much about Ireland but we are riddled with shame in this country. I've
2: never been. I have to come. I have to come. Oh, it's a
0: I've bit of a mad been. place. It's a I mad place. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy place. It's a mad place. Yeah. But listen, how, I mean, how do we get rid of our shame? And I have to be honest, it is changing here in Ireland. You know, we've gone from being the most conservative country in Europe to probably being the most liberal country Right, Europe. right. We were the first country in Europe right. to, to, for example, to legalize uh, gay marriage. Ireland was the first country to, to constitutionalize gay marriage. I know. So, I know. so how, do, yes. how do we get rid of this shame that we have, this kind of shame of our bodies, our so, nakedness? or How do we get rid of that? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So shame is one of those emotions that cover us from head to toe, right? Shame is I am bad. Guilt is I did something bad. The way that we handle shame is through, it's it's self-compassion. It's the antidote of shame, is owning what do you like, what brings you pleasure, what makes you feel good, knowing that you are a person that deserves pleasure because it's your birthright, and really practice that and be around other people who support that. That's how you handle shame. Shame, and, and, and the important thing, too, is to know that it's always going to be a part of you. It does not go away. But I call it the shame monster. And the shame monster goes back into the closet, right? But it's owning your sexuality and who you are as a person. That's how we work through shame. It's not easy. It's very difficult. But that's the way that you do it. And finding what you love. And that doesn't always have to deal with sex, right? What are the pleasures that you love as a human being? Because we all deserve it. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of people here in America that have a lot of it too, mm. um, and I deal with it all the time. Especially if people who've had sexual trauma. That's the big piece, but that's yeah. really the antidote of shame is, is self-compassion. It's self-compassion.
0: Well, listen, it has been wonderful. You're a hoot, apart from anything else. You're great fun. Listen, it's been wonderful talking <laughs> to you, Lee. And uh, I'm sure the audience really, really enjoyed the conversation and really enjoyed all the advice that you've given tonight. Right. And I'm sh- and I'd, we'd love to talk to you again at some point. And I'm sure we will get to talk to you again. Please, And, yes. and if people That'd are looking great. for more information, by the way, do you have a website or something they could pop to? If they're looking for more information or an Instagram? Or- I do. I've got,
2: um, yeah, I've got Instagram. It's Dr. D-R-L-E-E, and then it's Phillips, P H I L L I P S, Dr. Lee Phillips, and I post there every day. And you can also access my website from my Instagram page.
0: All right, but well, listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Lee. Thank you very much indeed for joining you us too. tonight. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio, the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan show.